遇见有趣的灵魂，活出真实的自己。大家好，欢迎来到谈心社，让我们一起谈心、谈情、谈音乐。Welcome to Generous Talk, an intercultural conversation on music, health, and lifestyle. Enjoy. 新宇 ，and today I'm so happy to have dear Karen Wax um on the podcast. Hello, Karen. Hello, happy to be here. Um, so I'm gonna give a brief in um introduction of how I met Karen and um and all the story like kind of like lead up to today, um and and this is also uh you know when I Uh, share in the community. Um, share with people who sign up to be here uh, as live audience.、Um, some member are very interested in how we met. So、um, we met. I remember first. It was my first semester at Berkeley, and、um, because I went to Berkeley very specifically for jazz and music therapy. So from the first semester, I was. Very much involved in all the extracurricular activities available.、Um, so、I、remember, I went to new therapy symposium. There was passage conference for students and young professionals, and there was master class with musicians. Karen, you invited from Africa,、um, and I was I just sat there. I was like, wow, like immersed in all those possibilities. I think that was the first time I kind of met you, like. Like match, meet you, meet you, that kind of,、um, and also was first semester. I remember I asked Kathleen if I could sit in the senior class, which was music and medicine, because I want to know what was the like the top of the training of the music therapy program. And then in the spring semester,、uh, it was two thousand fifteen spring. I took your introduction to international music therapy class. And I now still can remember all the wow moments in the class.、Um, like constantly had those wow mo- moments、um, in those two-hour class every week.、Um, in those class, we dig deep into the literature. We work together in groups and create presentations.、Um, and each week, you also brought in those wonderful guests.、Um, From you know, they have variety of approaches、um, from different cultures, perspectives.、Uh, there's a very strong sense of inclusion and open discussion in all those sessions. I think all of these stayed with me,、um, and I would say these experience really influence how I design workshops, course, and training today.、Wow. So very thank you for. All the design and curation, and、um, and I I feel like you know as I was preparing the、um, interview today, I feel in some way the podcast I'm doing and all the guest interviews is is、uh, is、uh, an embodiment of that. Wow! And yes. <laughs> Yeah. And also, thank you for your continuous support in in my journey then to become a musical therapist, but also 
I feel not just a new therapist, but also really unleash my potential as an entrepreneur. How you you really share with me all those great events that you know I had a connection and led me to Abu Dhabi. That that trips is so life transformative, and I feel that has an impact of why and I'm doing what I'm doing now, like uh, creating startup, creating all those new program. Um, and be a trailblazer here, um, and and all the potential as a human being and an educator. So it's really an honor to have you here today to share your perspective on music therapy, music, and life in all of that. Wow, very cool, very very cool. Yeah, no, it's a it's an honor for me to be here today and share my work. Um, I am been a music therapist for quite a number of years, and it's incredibly inspiring and satisfying to pass this work on to other people because the world is changing, and so is music having more impact on the way that we live every day. And so it's wonderful to, to be here and to share some of the insight that I've had, some of the history that got me to where I am today. Yeah, so thank you for inviting me. I, I can't wait to hear all the history leading to the now and the future. <laughs> it's, it's long, but uh, hopefully it'll <laughs> some insight to others. Yeah, yeah. So, so how about we start with a music introduction? So <laughs> is there a music or sound that could summarize your relationship with music? Wow. Um, well, I'm a French horn <laughs> player as well as a keyboard player as a performing artist, um, but that's a big, big question, and I thought I would just start with a, a song that I start um, my sessions with to bring people into the music. Um, there are so many choices of music that represent who I am as a person and um, where I've been and where I've where I'm going but this is a song it's just a simple song and it's called I want to sing I want to shout all day long and uh it goes like this I want to sing 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 I want to shout 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 I want to sing I want to shout all day long sign language when my friends are by my side, I feel happy deep inside. I wanna sing, I wanna shout all day long. A little bit faster, will you help me? I want to sing, sing, sing. I want to shout, shout, shout. I want to sing, I want to shout all day long. When my friends are by my side, I feel happy deep inside. I want to sing. I want to shout all day long. So that's just Aww. a song that kind of grounds me and grounds other people. Um, and no matter what community or population I'm working with, uh, it brings people in because it's simple, it's repetitive. It's all the components and elements of music that make it so engaging. So, and plus it's 
the American Sign Language, so it's inclusive. Mm. So if people are not able to sing and just want to listen or just use their uh, hands or movements, it's a it's another song that works that way. So, yeah, mm. that's. But in terms of my own music, I'm classically trained as a French horn player, and I've been playing the keyboard um, as part of my work and just part of my own enjoyment. Um, mm. And playing in the band when I lived in Alaska, I played in a, a bluegrass band and played keyboard. And um, yeah, keep music is what keeps me balanced and keeps me alive. So, yeah. Oh. So what was your, your journey like, like going into the field of music therapy? Yeah. So when I started music therapy, there weren't that many colleges or universities and I was at that point in my life um, where I wasn't really sure early on what I wanted to do. I knew that I grew up in a musical family. My parents played music. My brothers played music. And music was important, but I didn't know it. I would follow it as a vocation. So I started in social work in a college in Boston and then ended up uh, eventually finding a music therapy. I played in orchestras. Uh, youth orchestras and different kinds of uh, performing groups. Um, but as a training, I finally found Helen Bonney, who is a pioneer of music therapy, uh, the guided imagery in music. And she became my teacher. I lived in Washington, D.C. and um, was, a men was my mentor. And she was quite the pioneer of trying using um, and uh, do your listeners, are, are they familiar with Helen Bonney? Should I talk a little bit about Helen's work? I think talking a little bit, like explain a little bit would be helpful. So, so I think there are... Yeah, so guided imagery and music is a little bit different than using music for relaxation. It's actually using music, um, programmed music that was systematized to help people reach altered states of consciousness and go back into um, a deep, states of awareness and uh, she was working with Vietnam vets and she was working with people who had traumatic experiences and through guiding and psychotherapy she would bring people into the here and now and um, be able to ac access their memories in a way that was safe and uh, contained rather than sometimes music can bring us into deep dark places but Mm -hmm. she, they were always guided and it was a training program but my training was not in guided imagery she was my mentor just in terms of stepping into music therapy and that was at catholic mm -hmm. university in washington dc and i was working at the time in a public school in fairfax county virginia as a and i was hired as a music therapist and um uh, I then um, was using music with individuals with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities, and it, it became something that was my teacher. The students became my teacher. So Helen mm -hmm. was there to supervise and I was there to learn. And after uh, a couple of years in Virginia, I moved to Boston and I went to Harvard University and got my uh, graduate degree in counseling and psych, and I'm a licensed uh, board certified music therapist as well as a licensed mental health counselor. And from Harvard, it was more theoretical than practical. 
but I was also mm. working at the time at the Community Music Center of Boston as the Yay, director of the <laughs> and um, began developing different kinds of music therapy programs. So um, on the ground floor, there weren't as many options as for music therapists. The primary focus was children with disabilities and elders with um, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. And then as the field grew, it's now everybody and um, can benefit from music. And I'm not saying people weren't benefiting. It was just not the research wasn't uh, as great. And it was the research that really brought us into the next um, a century of uh, and evolution of music therapy. But as a musician, I always found that um, it was so important to keep myself balanced by playing uh, with other people and in orchestras. And I think that's what also led me to music therapy was I saw the power of music to change people and bring people together. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, very, very powerful work. So, and today mm -hmm. I still play music, um, not so much French horn, but more keyboard. I play in a band up here where I live in North of Boston. So uh, it's cool. fun to play music. And, keep myself balanced. So uh -huh. that's part of my journey, but uh, that's my personal journey. And then professionally, it it led into, um, I think going to Harvard really opened the door for me and um, people gave me a lot more credibility. Uh, somehow going to a, a prestigious school, uh, there was a trust factor. I think that's what happens when you go to schools like that they they immediately believe you know what you're talking about so that kind of that credential was very useful and helpful for me but I believe that um, any college and it and it's not just Harvard it was just that um, I learned more theoretical aspects of counseling and psych and understood mm -hmm. um, how people function uh, yeah mm-hmm then how was that journey kind of led into like Berkeley and and then because when I went to went to Boston 2014 I saw like a, it was a large variety of programs like we're literally working with anybody and 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 we had faculties from different music like has multiple like like cool who's has experting multiple approach and everybody work together and have conversation about the different approach and the pros and cons and how to integrate them together it was I feel for me I feel like it's such like it's flourishing and yeah. and how how so you witnessed that like you yeah. you were involved in the whole process of like yeah. growing the field and developing so many new programs and how did I would love to hear that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's see if I can go back into my memory in the 1980s. Um, I uh, was part of an organization that we founded called the Massachusetts Music Therapy Alliance. And these were just a handful of music therapists. That's how you start any kind of collaborative kind of uh, community experience is that you find other people of like mind. So there were maybe just about 15 music therapists in the Boston area that were practicing in nursing homes and schools, some psych hospitals. And we realized that there wasn't a um, 
a position in the state of Massachusetts to hire music therapists. They were being put into occupational therapy, speech therapy, recreation therapy, but nothing that said music therapy. So we uh, went to our state legislature and worked with our senators and created a civil service um, position called music therapy. And um, from there, it, it was a groundswell and a grassroots mm. kind of effort to get music therapy on the map in Massachusetts. And so I became uh, the director of music therapy at the Community Music Center of Boston, which is a uh, a nonprofit community music school that not just did music therapy, but did lessons, music education. Um, and, and now that organization has actually grown. But um, from working at the Community Music Center and working in the community, developing programs with facilities that had funding. I mean, that's always the issue is, is how do you pay for this kind of thing? And so mm -hmm. there was a, also at the time, the Ryan White uh, Care Act, which was uh, individuals with HIV and AIDS um, were um, dealing, it was uh, Elton John was involved. There was a lot of publicity about AIDS at the time. And they found that music therapy was something that was also very powerful and music in uh, helping people heal. And when I say heal, that's a, that's a, a loaded word. Um, I know. But, uh, I help people bring people together, help people find uh, their humanity. And also uh, the mind body connection was also coming together where people were looking at the effects of music on the mind and the mind mm -hmm. on music and uh, how powerful and integrated that became. So what was happening was Berkeley was also starting at the time was exploring starting a music therapy program. And this was in the, the 90s, so the, sort of the mid 90s. Dr. Suzanne Hanser was hired to uh, begin developing a curriculum. And I was brought on part time as a uh, instructor to start teaching music therapy and at the same time to develop practicum programs around the Boston area. So I would say Berkeley had a real strong um, uh, influence on expanding music therapy. And mm -hmm. as the program grew, and as more and more music therapists uh, were out there in the world, then uh, it became obvious that we needed to provide training programs for our students. So we were able to hire new music therapists to start programs in, again, community center, schools, hospitals, it just kind of blossomed. And um, mm -hmm. Boston Children's Hospital was one of our yeah. first practicum experiences, which still exists today. Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of the diversity of approaches, um, as the um, Lee Burke, who was president of Berkeley at the time, said in order for the program to be viable, because a lot of music therapy programs start and then they die, because there just isn't mm. enough interest and there just isn't enough, oh, I guess tuition or something to support it. Um, mm. He said we need at least 50 to 100 um, students to be part of the program. We started with eight initially, and now I think we're probably up to about 120, 150 students. So um, yes. the program is flourishing today. So again, uh, and then uh, Dr. Hanser was able to bring in different 
um, individuals with diversity of background, diversity of approaches. And Dr. Colin Lee was one of our first um, instructors as well, full-time, and he was very much into music-centered music therapy. And mm -hmm. I think that's what continues today is Berkeley is known for the, the music and being able to be grounded in improvisation and uh, uh, but not all music therapy is improvisation it's not the only way to do music therapy I want to just mention that there are many mm -hmm. different approaches so um, Kimberly Kerr is still with us she was one of the original faculty members who came in um, yes, she's so, so rock and roll. <laughs> so rock and roll. She's doing wonderful work in the world. Um, Donna Chadwick, Kimberly Kerr, Peggy Cotton, um, uh, Kathleen Howland, of course. Um, so again, it, it just kind of evolved into, uh, uh, and as the program grew, and as Dr. Hanser left, and uh, we have a new chair who's not so new anymore. She's been there six years, Dr. Joy Allen has now taken us in a, another direction, which is very evidence-based music therapy, really looking at grounding uh, music therapy into um, research and evidence and uh, still music-centered, but um, how can you be at Berkeley and not be music-centered is the way that I, I say it, but that's that's the approach. And again, I'm I'm just kind of rambling on, but what set Berkeley apart from other colleges was the international um, student body yeah. and the opportunities and uh, as well as the technology. Technology became something mm -hmm. that was really quite um, uh, important in beginning to use technology and music therapy. I'm not sure I mm -hmm. answered your question, but uh, that's sort of a little <laughs> bit of the history. And I'm still at Berkeley today. I'm, I'm I'm now adjunct. I'm not full-time anymore. I'm, as I'm aging, uh, I'm <laughs> needing to spend more time with my family, and um, but still uh, continue to stay connected to Berkeley. So I'm still there. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So what, what do you see like from like with your decades of experience, like see this, this development and the train and where do you see like music therapy is growing like as a feel like the future like of music yeah, therapy what what right. do you see <laughs> well <laughs> personally I think about community music therapy because of the power of music I see more and more opportunities and I don't want to say less clinical but more community-based where larger groups mm -hmm. of people are embracing the power of music um, mm -hmm. for empowerment for where there's so much conflict in the world, um, yeah. it brings people together. Um, music is the glue that you might have differences. And uh, I see that um, some of my work um, brought me to Africa uh, with mm -hmm. the musicians for World Harmony. If I can speak about that right now, is this a yeah. bring that up? Um, Just got back from South Africa. <laughs> yeah, totally that, that was 2008. <laughs> One of our students, Amanda Maestro Shear, uh, had traveled with an organization called Musicians for World Harmony, which still exists today. And um, Samate Mulando, who is the executive director, is uh, someone who said, can you bring some Berkeley students to Kenya and work with children with HIV 
um, children who were homeless, orphans. Um, and so with Amanda um, leading the student body, we organized a trip with eight Berkeley music therapy students to Africa. And um, from there, we went and worked and met recording artists. We recorded music, we did songwriting, we did percussion, we did dancing, because in Africa, uh, you don't uh, do music without moving. So dancing and moving is really key. And so mm -hmm. um, we learned all about um, how to use music from a cultural perspective. We were um, students as well as teachers. So that was, I think, always what makes a good relationship. It's a balance. Uh, we were there to learn as well as to teach and to give and to take. And um, uh, that was such a successful um, experience. Uh, I went back two years later and worked with uh, groups again. With uh, And then Samate invited me back in 2013 to go to Uganda and work with child soldiers who had been kidnapped mm. by Kony. And that's the mm. extreme, I think, in terms of music therapy, um, where young, young children in um, northern Uganda were being kidnapped and recruited for as soldiers. And mm. by the time we got there, and I think it was 2013 or 14, Kony uh, was gone, but the, the aftermath of and the trauma that these children had experienced, they were coming back into their communities and it was uh, very challenging for them to be accepted by the communities because at the time they were mm. burning villages killing people and so these villages did not want these children so Samate yeah. and I went uh, Samate as a performer me as a music therapist worked together with an organization in Lira and uh, we worked with that, um, an organization that help children reintegrate back into society. And, mm -hmm. and it was there that I saw through music that um, people were able to let go of their differences, to let go of their mm -hmm. anger, to really embrace these children because it wasn't their fault. They didn't, they were children. No. And uh, so they were, and again, it sounds very ideal, but, and there's so many different issues and problems, but that was the sort of the foundation of, what we were looking to do was to really help process. And you can't solve trauma in just, we were there mm. for weeks, you can't do that. But at least it opened up uh, possibilities. Plus we trained counselors there to use music in healing ways. They don't use the word therapy in Africa, but healing is definitely mm -hmm. something that is more culturally acceptable. And again, for mm -hmm. me as a, a white <laughs> middle-aged woman coming into this community, I learned about cultural humility. I can't really step mm. into somebody else's shoes because that's not my experience, but I was there not as the expert, but also in partnership with them, learning from them, learning their music, and then sharing what I could share. So it mm -hmm. was... Um, a very powerful experience. Mm -hmm. So you asked me, where is music therapy going? Um, I do see music therapy as a way to bring people together. Uh, and music therapists, actually, whether it's natural disasters, earthquakes, or 
tsunamis or, you know, uh, tornadoes uh, or war. Uh, we see it a lot. COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Refugees, you know, music has a way of tapping into the humanity of each of us. And I think mm. that um, when it's designed systematically, um, it can really make a big difference. And I, I'm not saying that regular musicians can't have an impact because we, in this country, we're looking at Taylor Swift and the impact that Taylor Swift is having across the country in terms of bringing people <laughs> joyful, lifting up spirits. But uh, yes, um, but it really has a way of connecting people to others. And I think that that's the power of music mm. as a trained music therapist you need to be mm. able to tap into um you need to develop your intuition and mm. and also have training on how music can be helpful we've now been looking at how music can be harmful and i'm not sure if you yeah. have been yeah. familiar with that yeah. but we just yes. assume you put on music and it's going to help people but that's not the case no. um the wrong music can actually have harmful effects and there's all this mm -hmm. literature now that's coming out about and that's where being a music therapist I think is really helpful um, it's a mm -hmm. consciousness it's an awareness it's a thoughtfulness about how to use music in ways that are productive and helpful mm -hmm. uh, you so you talk about the concept between like therapy and healing so how with all those cross-cultural experience because I also you know, now, you know, for example, in China, a lot of people prefer like using healing as well because therapy, they would think about, oh, I, I, like, there's something wrong with me if they use the word therapy. So, so from your cross cultural experience, like, you know, how do you define healing? Well, again, healing is, <laughs> I mean, we have sound healing, we have all kinds yeah. of music healing. Um, it really is important. Words are important. And you talk to, in fact, uh, you need to talk to your audience to use the language that they use. So therapy does have a sense that something is wrong with you. You know, in our country, therapy is becoming something that it, it, everybody needs it because the world's kind of crazy. And yes. to me, it's about education. I see um, that education and therapy go hand in hand. You're re-educating mm -hmm. yourself to be healthy. Um, so healing is definitely something that um, is an inner kind of experience that you can't force people to change. They need to want to change themselves. And mm -hmm. um, I think it, that's the way in therapy people come to it because either they're forced to come <laughs> or somebody needs them to change. But, you know, change we know comes from within. And mm -hmm. healing is such a, I think it's, uh, it's a, it is a beautiful way to really um, look at how to uh, take care of yourself, how to be healthy. Um, change comes from within, absolutely. And um, in the same thing in ther therapy, that people need to know that they want to change and that change can make a difference and music can be part mm -hmm. of that difference. So, mm -hmm. so I do use oh. different words. We don't say therapy in Africa. We say healing, um, but it's the same and it's how it's, yeah. it's presented. And that's really important. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
so as 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 long as we remove like because uh, sometimes it's it's a system we build right whether people are forcing to therapy as long as we remove that part it, they they're essentially the the same thing mm. it, it's therapists are there to facilitate that exactly inner healing to happen yeah, and that's it you know even as a training of a, as a music therapist uh, we have the skills to listen to people to actively listen to really determine uh, sort of with the the individuals what they need um, that's where the community music therapy model comes in we're on a uh, we're not there as uh uh, to tell people what to do, but more to to listen and to work with them. And uh, yeah, it's um, the whole world needs healing, absolutely, right now. And I think this is one of the solutions to to help. I I really believe I that. And it's also finding the right music. You don't just put on new age music and hope people will change. Um, you know that. And I think in that some of the differences is that music is preferred and that's again finding preferred music that an individual respond to or or a community and um you know don't put on mm -hmm. certain music for me because it'll bring me down rather than bring me up so yeah 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 that that human like humanity that humanity rather than like uh, um I think that's the question I constantly get asked. Even like, for example, over the weekend, I gave a workshop about like exploring our relationship with music, and and then um, after the workshop, there you know, participants send me like, um, they're they're like counselor, a school teacher who just want like, can like, um, so they asked me like, uh, is there a, you know, a list of songs. <laughs> that I can put on for my students so that they can relax or or match their emotions, and that that's a that they question I constantly get, and and I I think it's it's a total perspective shift, right? From like I create those can it's it's so popular now, like with canned music, right? Canned music is like oh this music I put on on this time for this situation, and boom, like everyone should like it. It's such an industrialized view of how we consume music, and I feel like new therapy as new therapists, we're being so much of no like look at this human being in front of me, like what what they need, what's their story, what's their right, whole right. person, and find what's within them and and bring that out for healing or wherever they want to go it's from the person rather than like hey let's just pop up a product like from this like and, factory and, and, and then <laughs> yeah and i don't want to say i don't want to um i think if you're a, a person who is intuitive who knows how to actively listen to people uh, you don't have to be a therapist per se depending on the mm -hmm. level of clinical work um you can be a teacher, you can be a nurse, you can be a chaplain, you can be anything uh, to use music in ways that are are productive. And I, I always, I'm, I'm teaching a class in the fall and I taught it last fall to young musicians who were not therapists, but it's how to use yeah. your music in service to other people. It's a, without having the clinical training. And it's really mm -hmm. about uh, assessing your audience. Who are you working with? What do they need rather than coming in with a menu and this is what you need telling them, but actually um, having that kind of conversation. Again, 
therapists work on a deeper level, but other people um, can do music for health and healing. It's not, it, we don't have a corner on the market uh, that <laughs> are also, uh, because there are not enough of us for one thing. And um, <laughs> there's not one way to use music. So I think sometimes we get very defensive and territorial. And I, I say, let go of that and just open it up and look at who are the people who want to use their music in service. And I say uh, music with compassion. I, I'm mm. almost thinking that that's another field that we should <laughs> develop mm. as a, a compassionate music field uh, so that other Compassion people... with music field. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <a, laughs> it's about caring for others with music rather than the therapy piece. Mm. There's... There's so many ways to to do this work, and uh, yeah, so that's. Mm. Tell tell me more about that. Like, what do you like? How how do you envision that compassion with music looks like? Well, first of all, you have to have compassion for yourself. You know, self compassion. So, uh, being able to accept your strengths, your limitations, so that you're able to accept that in other people. Um, as therapists, we're told or taught to be non-judgmental. That's really hard in life not to be judgmental, but it also refers to ourselves, you know, how to accept who we are as people so that we can accept other people as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's the foundation, I would say, is that self-acceptance, that self-compassion. So then you can use that same way, non-judgmental to, it's, um, unconditional love which is love love i i think you know that's not very clinical but it's sort of the foundation it's that care for another and that embrace oh maybe it's sorry maybe it's like the uh rogers right uh from the person center therapy he mentioned about the positive regard right positive unconditional positive regard yeah and there's a field that has been around for a little while here called positive psychology, where we don't mm -hmm. focus on what's wrong with people, but we focus on what's right with people. And so again, it's a, you know, are you an optimist or a pessimist? A positive psychology mm -hmm. really doesn't look at the pathology as much as it does look at how to um, strength-based resiliency, really working on those areas that people um, are have some strength in and then focusing mm -hmm. on that and then also not ignoring the pathology but really the focus mm -hmm. is on on what's working rather than what's not working so, agree yeah. <laughs> and i feel that's what i feel a lot like during the training at berkeley that it's kind of the the foundation like it's like underlying stream kind of in the in the program like I just, we, just we work it. on abilities rather than disabilities. Yes. Another way of saying that, you know, we work on yes. what people can do rather than what they can't do. And that, mm -hmm. and music has a way of really bringing out the strength in people. You see it with individuals with Alzheimer's who really have mm -hmm. lost a lot of their memory, a lot of their cognition, but you put on a song that is familiar um, and they boom. I mean, that's their life. <laughs> the magic and it's not magic and it's because we're now understanding the brain don't ask me to explain yeah. the brain. somebody else can do that but you know, <laughs> the way that music is processed in the brain 
is really a, a, about tapping into the emotional component. It, it bypasses all mm-hmm. the cognition, goes right into how music can uh, bring the best out in people. So, mm-hmm. Have you seen um, like, you know, COVID change anything or like has an influence or redirect our fill? Yeah. So as it comes to music therapy and COVID, certainly we see it with the telehealth and the Mm. uh, online video has really impacted how people, uh, a a lot of places still use telehealth as uh, um, something that, uh, where it it creates accessibility um, for others to um, come into uh, a a room um mm. and uh it's it's effective but i i still think live um music is most effective when working in music therapy um mm. so i see the telehealth i see covid also affecting our mental health um yeah uh, especially with adolescents uh, there's a lot more need to provide services for individuals with um, for young people who really have been in isolation for the longest time and coming into mm. um, the here and now. And so uh, definitely I see music therapy working more in uh, shifting towards mental health, which it already has mm. been, but now there's a greater growth in that area, especially yeah. with children and adolescents as a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but also the technology um I think there's some positive aspects of of telehealth as well because yeah. today we are doing this podcast. Uh, I don't know if we would have done this <laughs> years ago, but um, I know at Mass General Hospital in Boston, um, it's been very effective with individuals who can't leave their homes because of different kinds of disorders and disabilities, and they come in, and it does bring people together still. Um, as mm-hmm. a community, people have a place to go without having to leave their home. So, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, and that how technology and music has really um, inf- influenced music therapy as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I see. It's it's a very interesting. Like now, for example, I do both offline, like in person and online, still, and I do see. Like as we are uh, become like accustomed to the online environment, our brain kind of like automatically start to fill in the information that was missing, huh. and and still feel that sense of connection. It's just huh. so interesting. And the connection is what you know when we talk about music therapy, it's all about relationship and music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. Let me mute this. Okay. Got it. Exactly, exactly. And um, remember, you also, there, there's a big part, um, kind of you talk about, you know, improvisation, right? Berkeley is kind of based on improvisation. And also um, how, as myotherapists, we are trained to be prepared to prepare for the unprepared. Yes, I, I, I can't tell you. <laughs> credit for that quote that's a Kimberly Care quote uh one of my I colleagues, <laughs> one of my colleagues. Um, it's really about having confidence within yourself that you can step into any situation whether it's a, a bedside hospital 
or a large group of elders in a nursing home mm -hmm. setting, um, and that you have the strength and the capacity and the knowledge to assess immediately what's going on and then design mm. a program. That's the being prepared to be unprepared. Uh, sometimes, mm. and that's the improvisation, the spontaneity to be able to mm. be spontaneous and um, be in the moment. And I think that's where mindfulness and presence come in, where you need mm. to really focus on what's happening in the here and now. If you're thinking about what happened yesterday or tomorrow, you have to you know, get in your car and run, run around, you're not really present. And so that is connected to being prepared, um, is just being in the moment. And I think musically, it's the same thing. You have the resources within yourself to pull out um, music that can meet the needs of the individuals who is in front of you at the time. So mm -hmm. I think that's also a big, deal yeah yeah so uh before as we prepare for the, the podcast so in my community I asked people about like what what are, what are you interested what are you like want to uh, uh get to know more about and and some members are really interested about, okay so so how 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 do I you know prepare for the unprepared how do I gain this ability or um I want to ask you how do you train your students to to learn this to, to have well, this capacity. it's not immediate it's not a magic bullet it's not like a pill you take and then you're you're there I mean it's a game <laughs> I mean it's part of our natural process you know as therapists as people we need to work on ourselves first so that we can be there for other people so it's about developing uh, I, I mean if you're if you're looking for uh, specific ways to do it certainly learn a lot of music uh, build repertoire um, you know, think, start putting playlists together that you know, that make you feel good. Um, and then you have it on your iPad or your device. If you're working with someone, I, I'm, I'm talking to just about anybody that you have a resource. Uh, I mean, that's the beauty of living today. The amazing amount of accessible music is um, unfathomable. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was growing up, we had a piano and we'd sit around the piano and sing and, you know, you'd buy a record and you'd listen to the record. But now the the songs. So finding out what are the popular songs that children are listening to today? What are the songs that elders, if uh, there's a formula that says if you're um, the music that you listen to between, I think, the ages of 18 and 27 are the music that's uh -huh. going to stay with you. I don't know if that's totally true, but that's uh, that's some thought that that's the music when you end up in the nursing home or assisted living or retirement <laughs> community. That's the music that you will reflect back on because that was uh, an age of of aliveness, of youth, of development. So definitely mm -hmm. developing repertoire, developing yourself as uh, just getting strong, whether it means you going into therapy or talking to people about your strengths and your areas of limitation or your areas that you um, struggle with, but being able to be able to be present and focused on another is really, and active mm. listening skills is uh, key, being able to be able to, to listen to others. So mm. that's one way. I'm sure there's other ways to be unprepared, to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> to be prepared for them. Unprepared. But again, it's it's that self-confidence. And again, right. music repertoire is big. 
Um, self-confidence is big and allowing yourself to make mistakes. My God, if you uh, uh, try to be perfect, it's just not going to work. Um, you need to be able to make mistakes and learn from and to be vulnerable, uh, I think is is sometimes hard, but that's really mm. sort of the key of growth is allowing yourself to say, I really don't know what I'm doing and to step into it and to know that that's okay, that you don't have to yeah. know the time and be perfect and letting go of oh. any kind of perfection. Boy, that's the hardest, most challenging thing is the perfectionism in music therapy. You got to let go of that. So Yeah. And for all the musician, right? Like when you, because you're, you're also bringing music therapy to, you know, at Berkeley, um, all the other music students who are not necessarily going to music therapy major, but they're going to like film scoring, composition, performance, and like jazz music business. So, 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 how do you like? How do you bring those like to them? Like, how do you share the music therapy think, mindset? Yeah, with them? I mean, especially at a music school where it's so competitive, and there are people who are. Um, uh, much more skilled than you are. I mean, you're, you go to a always. School, yeah. <laughs> and always. It's, it's letting go of the competition, which in it's, I, I shift from competition to collaboration. Um, yeah. It's really about uh, what can I learn and rather not going into that dark place of I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing, but being okay with where you are. And I think it's again, that acceptance, I learned this from my mom who lived to be 102, that you just accept the changes in your life, um, that uh, acceptance is really key. It's, it's a, I think the Dalai Lama talks about it. It's just a foundation of being able to um, accept where you are and not, yeah. uh, I mean, and I'm not saying don't look for growth and, and have goals, but I think that we're, we all have gifts to share. We all have something to give. And if you start thinking, well, I can't do that, that somebody else is doing it better, you lose yourself. So really work yeah. on finding what are the strengths that you have that you can make a difference. And I, that's sort of the mantra we talk about in these classes with students who are uh, uh, engineers and teachers it's really everybody has something to give and to find yep. out what what your specific gift is so everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that really I, I remind uh, it reminds me of like um, the uh, during the supervision like we always have feedback yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to observe what we do and also like give feedback uh, right after and there's always like strengths like what you see you're good at and um and there are usually I, I i notice like two three strengths and then one is something it's not like oh you're so bad at this but it's more like okay this is the area where you can grow and there this is how you can grow there are the exactly. here are the steps exactly. so i feel like that feedback is so important like right. in the environment to support you to grow and and if you're not open to that feedback if you're so defended that nobody's mm -hmm. going to tell me what to do you're not you're not you shouldn't be there <laughs> i think you know <laughs> uh, i'm still growing i'm still learning and uh I'm still, I've been in the field, you know, over 30 years and 
I, you know, I'm still looking to uh, develop my skills and you just have to, to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at mm. and how, and how to get better. So, yeah. yeah. That got me curious. So Karen, what are you currently trying to expand the, like, <laughs> into? <laughs> well, I love the aging, successful aging because of my own mm place in mm-hmm. society and my own place um i'm looking at how music can help people um develop um as they age successfully how to keep music in people's lives um so i'm working with a colleague donna chadwick on on the music mm-hmm. life plan and the living will um which is really looking at how to help people as they um journey into the uh, unknown that music music, their music stays with them so um having ways and systems for playlists to travel with people as they travel Mm. into the next uh chapter of their lives that's kind of where i'm at plus my own music i i am playing every weekend with a group of people just uh one of our singers is a broadway an ex-Broadway, retired Broadway uh, actress. And we just do songs of the 40s and 50s and 30s and just sit around and, and just play. I, I'm uh, We will be performing at some point, but I just love making music with other people. It It's mm. one of my favorite things to do in life is to uh, sit and play. Yeah. So. Oh, so fun. I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That's where I'm going. And I think I think the power of music is being embraced more and more. And people are uh, accepting um, music therapy as a training tool and as a clinical means in hospitals. We see it more hospitals mm-hmm. are embracing music therapy. And so there are more jobs that are opening up. And we need music therapists for any of your listeners. Uh, come study music therapy at Berkeley or any college uh, because we need more more of you who have the the skills to use your music in service to others yeah wow i am my mind like there are so many memories open up as you are you, you talk about how you are interacting with music bringing like throughout life and um and as as like into the unknown right um so my mind is like wow just just in awe like in that that vision i i see now um and indeed we have a lot of listeners here who are interested and they're like so some are interested in to explore music therapy um as a profession and and what step can they take and some others are um, love music and and also wonder and then trying different ways how to incorporate more into their mm-hmm. life so what would be your suggestion for these two types of people like if there's one thing they can do today <laughs> uh, it's play music uh, just keep, keep <laughs> alive I, seriously is uh, stay connected to your passion i think that's what's important again you mm-hmm. don't have to be a music therapist to use music in service to other people um, find music that uh, resonates for you, um, build repertoire, and um, and really get yourself in situations where um, 
you're there to, I don't know, to build music and build music communities and performance therapy is good. It, it, again, understanding there's not just one way. Um, mm -hmm. Performance is also therapy and healing. And so finding ways. Performance to... is also therapy and healing. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. So how is that? Like explain that like uh, to the, to the eldest. I know that. I know that. I feel that, but. Yeah. If you look at the elements of what goes into making music, um, you you get into sort of a flow is the best way that I can say it. so finding that flow getting into getting out of your head and getting into the flow is the best way I would say is using music and not overthinking and just kind of finding music that um, resonates for you and for those around you start with your family mm -hmm. make playlists for your family and uh, oh make playlists for family really talk to people and uh, and don't be afraid to um uh take some risks make mistakes fall off the cliff but you can always get back up and there's a and find a support system i think that's a big one i think this podcast yeah. is a way of, of bringing people yes together in uh, exactly and hopefully uh finding support uh from people of like mind who are interested in doing the same thing you're doing and mm -hmm. letting go of any judgment of others and of yourself mm -hmm. yeah. exactly that's exactly what i hope for this podcast to be to bring this community to facilitate this yeah. space right yeah Thank you so much, Karen. I'm happy to so, be here. It's so great to talk to you. Yes, always, always so happy to talk to you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.